Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Benners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. There's not a single woman in the room here that has ever shat in a cup, <laughs> popped into a mate's bedroom and gone, there you go, babe, something for you to have a little sniff on later. Hi, I'm Joe Marler. And I am Tom Fordyce. And this is Things People Do. Some people do amazing things. On this show, we meet tree surgeons, fashion experts, gangsters. And some people who do other things, like recruitment, market traders, pest control. Because everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. See, I used to hate people, but this podcast has changed me. And now I can't get enough of people and the weird and wonderful things they do. On the underground, there are so many smutty acronyms and words. I'm just like a fat geezer that eats chips by in the morning and sells things on the market still. Someone's either going to open the door or might get smurfed. Smurfed? What? Yeah. What the fuck is smurfed? Today, we're bringing you an episode of Things People Did, where we interview comedians and celebrities all about the jobs they used to do before they were famous. We are live at the Clapham Grand, and our guest is comedian Jen Brister. Joe, this is going to be a very fucking interesting chat. I can see that. Surely you lot have experienced the flat pack wow. Yeah. Fucking hell, what do you want? Oh my God, did you come to my pub? <laughs> Fuck you, Jen. <laughs> That's fair. That's actually fair. Welcome to Things People Did. Right, ladies and gentlemen, please, can you put your hands together and give a very warm welcome to the lovely Jen Brister. Um, Before we we talk about you, Jen, Jennifer Lopez, is that her best track, do you think, Jenny from the Block? Absolutely. I was. Uh, I would have been gutted because I know that Mike was on earlier and he came on to Tom Jones and I was like, what the fuck are they going to bring me on to? I thought, is it going to be KD Lang? Because if it is, I'm going to kneecap you. <laughs> the only lesser we know, so we thought we'd stick KD on. You're going to love this. Um, 
So I'm actually quite impressed with J-Lo, if I'm honest. That's good. Well done, lads. Well done. I like we started, it. We started very aggressively. I like it. We? The shots have been fired. I yeah, love there it. Okay, that's how I roll, boys. Oh, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this one. <laughs> really scary. But right, Jen, this is things people did. Yes, I've done a lot. You've done fucking loads. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can. I think it's. I can't hold down a job. Is what I've learned. I cannot keep. A job. I think partly I get bored really quickly. Um, so I either leave or I make it impossible to stay. So I get sacked. And I would say that I have been sacked <laughs> from like most of the jobs I've ever done. <laughs> most of them. Most of them, yeah. So, I'm even um... more excited about it. <laughs> Gavin Henson of comedy. <laughs> I don't get that reference. But. No, you, and nor should you, because... If you give any rugby references, they will go well over my head. Yeah, Tom, I've told you, like, all the time... Like that shit when you did this morning about a winger holding the... Uh, with a headless horseman and stuff like that. I'm not having it anymore. It's not about rugby. It's not fucking rugby pod. All right? We can make it a bit about rugby. Look, there's a lot of people here who are exclusively here for the rugby chat. No, they've had their rugby chat, haven't you? Oh, that was no, like fucks. a minute and a half right, of yeah. you going, yeah, rupture my bicep. Jen Brister! <laughs> and the actual disappointment from some of the fellas in the front row, they're like, what, was that fucking it before we have to listen to some beige leather wang on about her job she's done? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a bit more, fellas, for fuck's sake. I'm here for the rugby chat. Give us the gossip. What's going on? Who, who, who picks up the soap after who in the showers? What? Tell me everything. Oh, hey, Tom, I think we've got our hands full with this one. Got the right guess haven't we, Jen? Fuck, this is... Oh, really Right, let's start then. Okay. The start I've got here is patisserie, and that immediately makes my mouth water, and I really want to have a, a warm croissant now, if not sooner. Um, but why does it just say patisserie? Like... Which, what more do you need? Did you dress up as a croissant or did you... What was the patisserie? It's so, if someone says bakery to you, you think, well, you were obviously, what, a, a farmhouse loaf or a bloomer? What kind of Eccles cake did you go as? That's, that's literally the thought process I have, Jen. Thank you. That is it. Joe, this is going to be a very fucking interesting chat. I can so, see that. So you worked at a patisserie? Yeah, I sold cakes. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. what I did. It was no more complicated than that. People went, see that cake over there? And I'd go, yes. And they'd say, I'd like that one. And I'd say, you can have it. <laughs> and then I'd put it in a box or I'd put it in a bag and they'd go, and then I'd say, wait for this because it's going to blow your fucking mind. I'd say, that was £2.50. And they'd go, here's £2.50. And I'd go, two dot five <laughs> oh. <laughs> Absolutely mad it was. And then I'd press this other button and then this thing would open and I'd put the money inside. Uh, Ryan, if you can hear me, uh, future, don't let second guest... <laughs> Watch the first show. <laughs> OK, thank you. I've got some patisserie questions for you, Joe. Um, let's imagine you were in the dream patisserie 
Um, Jen, perhaps you can help us out with the full range of cakes here. I would like to know what your first choice would be. What are we offering, Jen, We're in this dream all patisserie? all the eclairs. There's actually a regular eclair, but you could also get a coffee eclair. That'll blow your fucking brain because that was delicious. You can get anything that's got creme patisserie in. Uh, So like a strawberry tart. You could get like a milfou. You could... (laughs) Stop it. You could get a filled donut. You could get croissant. You could get a chocolate croissant. You could get an almond croissant. Um, All the croissants were available. Um, Think of any kind of pastry. We had it. Custard tart. Custard tarts. Well, we wouldn't have called it a custard tart. Portuguese. We would have called... No, we didn't have Portuguese. Oh, I'd have loved a Portuguese tart. Um, And I also like those cakes. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'm here all week. I'm not. Um, But you could get like a custard... I don't know what they call it. Un tarte de custard. And... um, What about like a cherry shortbread? You've literally just... You've gone Greg's on me. I'm very much here on a patisserie <laughs> basis. Okay. Um, I'm bringing. I'm bringing a little bit of. I like. I like the European flavour. I like the stuff podcast. that's got um, ganache on it. Oh, we had a bit of ganache. Yeah, you could get a chocolate ganache cake. Yes. Well done. Yes. Yeah, that was available. You could get buttercream cakes. You could get a passion cake, which is a posh carrot cake, but they stuck a bit of walnut in it. Also, you could order a cake. That was something you could do. What, like could you be, have it made. You could have that. Can made for you. What do you want? Oh, a Welsh cake. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry, mate. Would you like something that absorbs all the saliva in your mouth? <laughs> it actually tasted nice. It was the texture that really ruined it for me. And the texture ruined it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was but the, the taste la- was delicious. The taste was delicious. Well, well, I, every straight woman in the world here can actually uh, <laughs> <laughs> connect with you on that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was the other way round. I like the texture, but the taste. What? Um, <laughs> that's because we all had tapioca as kids, didn't we? So we got used to it. That's how they start you out. <laughs> I don't know what tapioca is. <laughs> Something is it... in the seventies we were made to eat, and we were told it was a pudding. It, is it similar to seminal it's fluid? Like chism, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Got that one, and you didn't sell that at the patisserie. <laughs> <laughs> Not over the counter. We didn't. <laughs> well, as a lesbian, if I was producing that, that would have been quite a unique product. <laughs> oh fucking hell! <laughs> you know how sometimes, like, I can take the pod to the gutter. And, like, we're fine to roll with it, but Ryan often is like, no, mate. Like, the C-bomb is limited to three, um, which is always hard. And But what I'm getting from Jen here is love. <laughs> for the absolute gutter. And are you happy to roll with that? Very much so, Jen. I can get a noose out, left, right and centre. <laughs> you name it, we're going there, OK? It does feel like it's created a bit of tension, which, by the way... I love. <laughs> In, uh, to increase that uh, tension, you said patisserie. Patisserie. What were you saying? Well, I was saying the word. You were going patisserie. Go on then, give us a river. Well, it's patisserie. I mean, you can go either way. I'm not going to hold you to either of one of those pronunciations. If you want to say patisserie, you can. So would you put on that accent doing it as no, well? I'd oh. get punched in the face if I went round going, <laughs> I work in a patisserie. <laughs> 
Did you? Well, I've got a Spanish mum, and if I even said, oh, my mum could say um, paella, and we had some chorizo, people would be like, oh, fuck off, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's chorizo and it's paella, so I fucking get your pronunciation right, your bell end. Paella. Paella. I don't know how people were surprised about Brexit. I was like, that's bang on the fucking money there. <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy uh, being a patisserieian? I did because, um, and I don't know why, but they only employed girls, right? So we just had a laugh. Um, and it was, it was like, it wasn't really a tricky job. The thing was... Because it was trying to be posh, everything had to be posh. And I'm not very good at the detail. So I'm very much a sort of, oh, that kind of looks all right. But we also sold chocolates by the by weight. So the people would say, could I get some of these pralines of like, I don't know, 200 grams. And then I'd weigh them. And then I'd have to put them in a box with a ribbon and then wrap the ribbon around it. And then I'd get a... A pair of scissors, and I'd, you'd have to do that with it to make it go all. But whenever I did it, it just looked like a four-year-old had got <laughs> hold of it, and I just could never make it look, you know, attractive. So whenever it happened, the owner of the patisserie, who she was a very controlling woman, she'd be like, she was always behind me going, I'll take it, I'll take it. So I was only ever allowed to like serve bread. And there was a few... God, actually, now I've completely forgotten I'd done this. I'm quite cack-handed. And people, like I said, would order these cakes and and sometimes it'd be for really special occasions and they'd say, oh, it's my my mother's 70th birthday and I would like an 18-inch cake. Like, it'd be fucking enormous. So I remember one time... And we didn't make the cakes. They were delivered in. And anyway, this huge cake arrived. I mean, I can't even tell you. It was like... It was, it was the size of this table. That's not going to help on a podcast, but just imagine a big table. And they say to me, right, can you take this cake downstairs because they're going to come and collect it any minute now? I said, absolutely, no problem. And I picked up the cake and I went downstairs and I basically slipped down the stairs and the entire cake <laughs> hit the deck and just went everywhere. And then I got to the bottom and I don't know what I thought I was doing. I started to put the cake back together. <laughs> I was like, like a mound of shit, just piling it up. Going. It was, anyway, they managed to get another cake out and I, I, I lost like three days wages. But it was one of the most stressful things I've ever done. And I, I can say that as a stand-up comedian and I've done some stressful things. But yeah, so I shouldn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really good at anything that I ever did, ever. (laughs) I'm not a very practical woman, so anything that requires a practical skill, I don't possess that. Do you? Are you, Joe? Are you quite practical? Are you good with your hands? I I used to be a turfer. I used to turf. uh, Used to turf. Yeah, turf gardens and uh, lawns. So that was that was practical. That was practical, wasn't it? I can put uh, a shelf up, <laughs> wonky. Does it stay up? It does stay although I did put a shelf up the other day on my four-year-old's bedside to put his Tony and all his lamp that he has on that lot. And the second night in, about nine o'clock, we just... 
<laughs> and I'm like, fuck's sake, I run up there and he's like, the, the shelves come down and it was a on the side, <laughs> practical on the side thing and I'm like, oh no, mummy put that one up, didn't she? <laughs> mummy put that one up. I was like, how fucking dare you? Jen, um, I've been told that you used to work in Homebase. Um, I actually, I popped into the Northwich branch of uh, Homebase the other day and I walked in, the assistant came over to me, um, asked me if I wanted decking. Luckily, I got the first punch in. <laughs> it went down, but if you go into the Northwich branch, just be careful, you might not be if as I quick. If I asked for decking, yeah. right. So how was Homebase for you? No. 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 <laughs> Joe's not having that. Jen. No. <laughs> Stop it, please. Are we you, not having the... You told me I've got this fucking great gag lined up for the home base. <laughs> I did big up the home base decking gag. I know, it does... Comedy looks easier than it is. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so you used to work in home base? I did, yeah. Where? where what, what branch? Uh, I worked in one in... I think it was sort of New Malden, Kingston borders, which is where I grew up. Um, and I worked there when you, they had the dungarees and the check shirt. Do you remember that? When it was classy. And I worked with my friend, Julia Westwood. And yeah, we just had a laugh. I mean, it was just like, I was like, What's, what are we doing, really? Just well, typing what? in, like people would come in with wood. <laughs> and then I would go, they would go, I'd like to buy this wood. And I'd go... Yes, you can. And then I would look and I'd go, how much is that? It's 19.99. And then I would type 19.99. Fuck you, Jed. <laughs> That's fair. That's actually fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a... I mean, it was pretty boring, but if you got to be um, out on the floor and you were with your mate and you could just muck about. What were the best aisles to be placed on? Oh, that, I mean, you want to be where the paint is. Oof. That's what you want to do, because then people come in and go, oh, have you got... And they'll ask for the most obscure coloured paint. Like, you, like I've like, got a fucking photographic memory. They're like, have you got um, butternut squash? And you'd go, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but then you'd have to pretend like you know about butternut squash. You'd go, yes, we do. And then you just make up where you think it is and then fuck off. Um, I think if you look at that aisle there, just on the left, I used to do that all the time, just really confidently tell people where things were, but I like, have no idea. And then just walk off. <laughs> I actually can see why they sacked me now. Um, <laughs> is back for a brand new season this is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional tv characters into therapy join me ben bailey smith and our brand new psychotherapist namon metaxas hi ben yes this season we're going to be putting the likes of tommy from peaky blinders cersei from game of thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama so make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music or wherever you get your podcasts shrink the box is a sony music entertainment original podcast Joe, what's apart from the, the falling down shelf, what have been your DIY triumphs down the years? I've spent several years like losing the plot at DIY flat packs. Like, I'd really struggle with it aggressively. People would have to leave the house, 
Daisy would have to take the kids out because if they were anywhere near the vicinity of which I was creating it all, there's not a fucking chance in hell they're going to escape without some sort of object being thrown their way or, you know, accidentally falling on their head again. There's always a, something missing when I do a flat pack, like they've missed an essential ingredient. And I'm sure I've lost it, but it's always something missing and that's what drives me up the wall. But the, the chase, I find the chase, it's like a, like a chase. <laughs> you know, when you're, you're chasing someone... That, that feeling is what you're chasing, isn't it? So when I've made a flat pack and I've done it fucking to the book, by the letter, and it's perfect, it's, it stands up, it's not wonky, it works, the feeling of satisfaction I get from that is just really quite... The flat pack wow that we've all experienced in the room here. Surely you lot have experienced the flat pack wow. Yeah. You fucking um, do it and you go, you're proud of that. I've fucking built that. It's as if you went out and chopped the tree down... Sanded it all down. Like you're a into carpenter, the... like yes. you created like it. I was Jesus's stepdad. <laughs> That's fucking what I feel like. I go, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> You're Jesus' stepdad. You're using language like that, are Tom you? Does what he wants because he's got the fucking god of the world, son of the world. What is? What was he? Who's <laughs> <laughs> thing? We need to ask our RE teacher that one. <laughs> but I do worry sometimes, or Daisy worries sometimes. Like the other day, we had to. Um, move the children's bedrooms around and we had to put the bunk beds that we used to have that go into singles, I had to then put them back as bunk beds and I'd lost the, the metal rods that you need to secure the top bunk onto the bottom bunk um, and Daisy was like, don't we need them? Like they're quite important with a bunk bed staying on top of the other bed and I went, mm. <laughs> Yes, sort of. So what did you... So I went did you, out... Did you I, balance a bed on top of another bed? No, that's ridiculous. I went out and okay. I looked in the garage and I found some, like, metal rods that were sort of the size and then I got my hand... Angle grinder. Is that the thing that's got a spinning wheel that goes... Yes, yeah, so I've got a hand one of them. They're great, aren't they? They're great for getting sparks and shit and just having fun. <laughs> and they sand stuff. As well. I don't know if you know that. It can turn into a sander. Anyway, so I chop up these rods about the same size each and then I stuff them in the posts and then I get Daisy, my wife, to come in and help lift the other end of the bed and we plonk the bed on top of the other bed and there's like a gap this big on one of the legs and then there's a gap this big <laughs> of that leg and that big. So it's a little bit wonky, but I was rocking it and it's secure and... They've been in there a week and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> you say you could do anything. Could you work in a pub? Because you, Jen, have worked in a pub. I did. I've worked in a number of pubs, yeah. See also, that? never for very long. Huh? I could see that. Can you... I Like, proper, I like, fucking hell, what do you want? Oh, my God, did you come to my pub? <laughs> Fuck, um, not you. You've just walked... Not fucking... It. Oh, yeah, oh, Sandra, how are you doing? Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, you sit, yeah this is your it's chair. Not far, kept it's it not warm. far off. Um... I worked at, I mean, basically, if you pissed me off, you wouldn't, I wouldn't serve you. And then that, and I didn't care what you said. What, what would constitute pissing you off? Uh, if someone just sort of, oi, oi, or, or if anyone was rude to me, then I would be, I would never be rude back to them, but it would be like I didn't see them. So I would walk up to them as if I was about to serve them and then go to the person next to them, sorry, what would you like? And... 
I did that on New Year's Eve to this bloke to the point where he was apoplectic and lunged for me. <laughs> A-P-O-P-L-E-P-T-I-C. Um, and he lunged for me and he missed and then I got him kicked out and that, that gave me a real tickle down below. <laughs> It, with, with people that would piss you off, which by the sounds of it was quite a lot. Quite a lot. Um, they talk about, uh, or they, there's always the myths in like Burger King or McDonald's that they're Fleming or people would do stuff to your burger. Did you ever consider actually serving the people that had pissed you off, but going, oh, I've just got to go change the barrel or something like that, and then you take a shit in the pint? Or <laughs> I think if I delivered a low, pint of low and brown with a log floating on it... I think they might have noticed. Um, I didn't. Whilst I can be a bit of a dick, I, don't, I, would, I have not, and I would, don't think I would ever spit in anyone's drink. Or I'd key their car, but I wouldn't spit. I'm, listen, I'm not saying you've ever misbehaved on the rugby pitch, except I am. Um, would you ever give someone a little surprise like that if you worked in a bar, Joe? Someone? No. No, I've shit in a pint. OK. Yeah, but that... No, I was, that was just a drinking game, wasn't it? No, well, it, it fucking blew my mind. I thought uh, it was first first house out of leaving home and rooming with three other lads, and they're all posh lads. Um, and I thought, you know, just stir the pot a little bit. I'd try and shock them. You remember the Cronenberg ones that were thin and then went wide? It had 1666 on it or whatever. 1664, yeah. 1664. Um, and I took that into a toilet, in my toilet, and it was actually a lot harder than it sounds to, to get it in there. No, I think it is quite hard to get yeah. shit in a pint, yeah. But I did it almost perfectly. And there was no mess around the rim or anything. It was literally straight in. Well, do you know what? That's a... That, you. We're all talking about our gut biome, aren't we? That shows that you've got a healthy gut. There, yeah, well, it really well strong, really. Thank you. You can make it stand up like that. I then took it to the living room where the three lads were sat, hoping they'd be like, oh, fucking hell, you're disgusting. I don't know why I wanted that reaction, but I craved that for some reason. And two of them did that. They were like, oh, you're disgusting. Oh, my God, bloody hell, by Jove. The other lad walked up to me like, not a fucking emotion on his face. Grabbed the pint off of me. Yeah, you know what's coming next. <laughs> yeah. And reverse shocked me. Reverse shocked me by pickling it with his piss. What? <laughs> so, so, work so, that what? one out. Work that one out. He's gone stone cold. Come up to me. He said, thanks for that. <laughs> and then giving it back to me. What a great advert for public school that is. <laughs> um, it, it did get worse, but I don't want to no, carry I don't it on. Think... It did get worse, because there was another lad who wasn't there. He had gone home for the weekend, and they decided to put it in his bedroom. <laughs> it really does get worse. He had a reading lamp, and they just they turned the light on, put it right over the top, shut the door left it there all weekend. We're fucking horrible, aren't we? As a species, we're fucking horrible. No, I'm going to say, not as a species, no. as a gender, because I'm not telling you right now, there's not a single woman in the room here that has ever shat in a cup 
popped into her mate's bedroom and gone, there you go, babe, something for you to have a little sniff on later. Oh, you're never going to believe this. You know, Sandra's only just pissed on Claire's shit. Oh, classic Sandra. She's always getting her flaps out. It's a, it's, a point, it's, a, it's a point well made. Jen, most of us have done some boring jobs in our time. What was the most boring job you have ever done? The plastics factory? Uh, plastics factory was boring. Data entry. That, did you ever do that? Everyone's done it, yeah. Is, is it one of those jobs where for the first two minutes you think, this is a piece of piss? Yeah. You think, this is great. And then five minutes in, you're... Yeah. Time slows down. Okay, so I was talking to Ryan about this, your producer, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to him, oh, I did data entry. And he went, what's that? And I went, well, it is what it says it is. It's entering data. And he went, why would you do that? I went, because we needed somebody to enter data. And so I was employed to do the entering of the data. Yeah, what data? Just data. I didn't no, ask. No, no, no. What data? I don't know. They're like, can you put these addresses into this uh, bit of software so we've got a record of them? And I'd go, sure. And then I'd do that for eight hours. <laughs> that was a job. That yeah. was a job. How's that a job? I mean... You get paid for it. You get paid for it. Oh, that's, exactly. Paid for it. Made so it was that. a job. Yeah. It wasn't a hobby. No, okay. <laughs> Yours, yours is more a philosophical question. It's been answered as a sort of strictly what is the definition of a job. <laughs> I like that. Really like it. What was, uh, your, what was your wage for data entry? What sort of era are we talking? Are we talking the sort of £3.80 an hour era? Oh, £4.20? Maybe, yeah, £3, £3.50 an hour. I think I did it for £2.80 an hour yeah. one time. It was not well paid. It was like if you went to a temping agency and they were like, what about data entry? And you're like... 18 and you go yeah all right and then you go to do the job and you're like oh my god shoot me in the face this is the most boring job i have ever done i did work in a plastics factory that was boring surely not what's boring about plastic <laughs> no like you can make i wasn't i wasn't there's so much made of plastic oh. i was packing plastic oh so i wasn't there going oh and now I put this chemical into this and I make plastic. I was like, oh, here are plastic diffusers. You know, for strip lighting, they have, like, diffusers to put on it as, you know, so that they're not, like, burning your eyeballs. And then we would pack them into cardboard boxes and they were quite long because they were for offices. So there'd be one woman at one end and one woman at the other. And we'd move these plastic diffusers into a box and we'd glue them with hot glue so we all had burns all over our hands and then we'd move that box and then move on to the next one and we did that for hours <laughs> and I got three three quid an hour for that. What about this one call centre surely this this one was a little bit of fun. Yeah I did I mean the call centre it was you know it was, you could only do it for a finite amount of time because again it was like fucking boring but yeah you know often I wasn't phoning out, people would phone in. So then you would just be with your mate and sometimes, like, if the supervisor wasn't around, as the calls would come in, you'd go, oh, I've got 16 people in a queue. And then and be like, finish your story and then you just hang up on all of them. 
carry on. And then the supervisor would come round and she'd go, how come you haven't got anyone in your queue? And I'm like, I don't know. I think there's something wrong with the system. Um, you could, so you could just have a chat. But, I mean, obviously they didn't take them long to catch on to what we were doing. But um, Joe, what are your experiences of call centres? I get scared. I, I have to fight with my missus about who's calling for the takeaway. <laughs> and I don't know why, it's just a thing. Like, oh, no, I don't want to speak to someone on the phone. It's, I don't know, it's a weird thing. But I do enjoy when you get cold callers to you. Is that the right thing? Yeah, why is cold it, callers. Why is it cold? What's cold about because it? Because you're not expecting it. Oh. And you have, it's, it's, un, it's like an unsolicited uh, phone call, isn't it? So you're, you haven't requested it, you're not expecting it. It's kind of intrusive so it's a cold call so daisy would like be like oh no don't answer that and i'd go no fucking answer it straight away i want to speak to him like, I'm, I'm interested to see what they've got to say and then i'll i'll drag it out for a bit oh yeah no that sounds great okay <laughs> how many can i get for that then no yeah okay oh, well where about you oh that and i'd, I'd drag it out for the giving them hope yeah, so they're going to sell you something and then like at the last minute you go no thanks babe that's exactly what i do <laughs> And now I've said it out loud to people, it's real, and I feel like a piece of shit because <laughs> you'd be on the other end of it and you yeah. go, well, that fucking prick, I've just... You don't want I've mustered up the energy to actually give this guy a call and try and do my job to the best of my ability and the fuckers strung me along and then hung up on me. I'm on the, like, I'm on the 10th paragraph of this fucking script and I've never got this far down before. I'm in, I'm in. And then you at the end go, no, thanks, babe. I wouldn't say babe. Whatever. <laughs> That's all I'd hear. No, thanks, babe. No, most of the time it would be... <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. But then sometimes... I would call you back about 28 times. <laughs> but then sometimes I'd go... <laughs> but not hang up, just make that noise. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I just fell over. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, carry on, where were you? Yeah, no, it's absolutely fine. Just have a bit of fun. Like, or sometimes when um, you'd get cold callers to your house, uh, like Jehovah's or someone that... What do you mean, oh, no? Was a very, there was a very, like, passionate response to that when you said Jehovah's people. Yeah, but <laughs> most, most people wouldn't answer the door or would shout, no, thank you, not today. And Daisy would be like, oh, what are you doing? I'd be like, no, I'm listening. I want to interact, have a little bit of interaction. With the Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, I wouldn't really understand a lot of what's going on, but it was nice to interact with them. And then I'd go, no, thank you, we're atheists or something like that. And then they'd leave. Yeah, I mean, I've, I don't like Jehovah's Witnesses as, I mean, they do try to take up a lot of your time, but I don't mind. I'll have a little chat with them because I, I think it's bananas. So I'm kind of like, part of me is like, how did you get here? <laughs> How did you get to a place that you believe this? You're also, Joe, you're not being entirely accurate when you say that you just put the phone down because, unless I'm mistaken, Jen, um, Joe, you're someone who um, took up the offer of insurance on your microwave. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> um... This is specific to his microwave, Jen. This is, this is not so kitchen-based insurance not, or house insurance. Specifically to his... How old was your microwave at this point? Not, it was, I had it a couple of months. It was absolutely fine. It was flying. The issue I have with that How is, expensive was your microwave? I don't know, 50, 60 quid. It You've insured a white product that's £50. Pounds. Yeah, but it was... The, the, the payment was like £2.09 a month. 
So I was like, that's a fucking... Oh, well, I mean, that's a bargain. Well, it's a bargain, because if something goes wrong... I mean, if it lasts more than two, year, two or three years, if some... you've paid double for your fucking microwave. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. No, yes, yes. But yes, if it, yes. Yes, but if it breaks, which, which... it... No, it hasn't yet, but my fridge <laughs> has. My fridge has broken, and I didn't take insurance out in the fridge... And I had to buy another fridge, so that fridge is built into the... You know when you got built in with the cupboard? Like, it looks like a cupboard. So you're like, oh, where's your fridge? <laughs> you know I mean? And it's there. So are you only insuring things under £50? Or... Because obviously your fridge is a lot more expensive. So I would say to you, OK, possibly I wouldn't insure anything because I just think it's a scam. But you uh, would, wouldn't insure... You didn't insure your fridge, which no. was what? Five, six, seven hundred quid? Yeah. Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but then you're like, I've got a microwave. <laughs> They're not going to fuck me up. Yeah, once, sure, but not twice. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get insurance and I'm going to make sure that this 50 quid microwave eventually costs me 300 quid. Okay. I now, I now realise that, but you've got to give me a little bit here. I bought the fridge before I bought the microwave, yeah? So the, and the fridge broke before I, I, I had a chance for insurance or anything like that. I thought, no, it'd be fine, it'd be fine, crack on. That broke. So then when I bought the microwave, I went, I ain't fucking doing this again and no. forgetting to get insurance in yeah. case that goes tits up. Otherwise, I'd just go and buy another microwave. Don't buy a toaster. That's all I'm going to say to you. <laughs> Don't let him buy a toaster. I, I, I just worry that I think I'm being stupid. If but... you're insuring all of your white goods individually, someone needs to... <laughs> there should be an intervention. Yeah, but my, my microwave's black. Huh? <laughs> it actually is. I don't know why. She's got me. She's got me, and I don't know how she's got me. <laughs> I don't know why, why to, it's black. I, mean, I should, you know, okay. I'll, I'll send you a picture, mate. I've got a fucking black microwave. I don't know what to do. It's also got that heating bit, actually. You know, like you can make it into an oven. <laughs> it is an oven. Oh. It's just a different sort of <laughs> so, oven. It says microwave oven, so it's dual purpose. <laughs> uh, this last one we've got, I'm marginally surprised that you were one of these. Does this does this mean does this mean it's like a carer? Oh, support worker. A support worker. Yeah. It's just based on what I've learnt on your previous <laughs> jobs, um, so far, and the notes that I've taken on them, and the sort of attitude you've had towards them, and some of the customers on it. I then go to support worker and I go, "Fuck, how did she treat them?" <laughs> right. So, talk to us about support worker, please. I I sort of fell into this. <clears throat> I was not making great strides in, in as a stand-up at the time. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to set this off and do something worthwhile with my life. And so a mate of mine who works as a support worker went, we need somebody. And I was like, well, I've got absolutely no experience. She went, no, it doesn't matter. You can just swing it. It'll be fine. So I worked in a, what is called a foyer scheme uh, in Wands Merton, Wandsworth, and I worked with young kids, 16 to 24, <clears throat> who were homeless or who uh, were estranged from their family or needed, like, who didn't have, like, 
guardians or people to, to help them. And so I would uh, be that person and we would, uh, they would have a, a place to stay. And this was at a time when young people could get a housing benefit which has been taken away, austerity. Apparently, if you're under the age of 24, you can't be homeless because of this fucking government. But anyway, and working with young people really is one of the most fucking annoying things <laughs> I've ever done. The frustrating, annoying things because I went in thinking like I was going to be Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds. Oh. And oh, just, I, I love that. Yeah. was like, I don't know, one of those teachers in Grain Chill that everyone hated. Because, I mean, because they're young, they're like, I, I know what I'm doing, so don't, you know, you don't need to get involved. So it was quite hard to get people, to get young youngsters to listen to you and go, it's really helpful if you pay your rent because that way you won't be evicted um or it's really helpful if you sign on so you can get your housing benefit or whatever um and then you'd meet them regularly or go around to their flat and yeah some like every now and again there'd be a couple of of, of them that would really go right I'm going to take make the most of this opportunity and I'm going to really thrive and a lot of them just were like fuck you bitch and um <laughs> And then things in comedy started to pick up, and I went, "Bye, losers!" And um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say that out loud. But I, I was like, "Okay, comedy's actually a lot easier than than this job, which is actually quite tricky." Shall we have a look at Jen's CV? Yeah, um, it's a good one. It's a detailed one. Let's have a little look so at Jen, what Archie's been. We've done your been CV here in case yeah. comedy we goes go. tits oh, up. Jesus but, um, Christ, that's a lot, isn't it? Personal I'm, I'm statement. Go away. I'd key someone's car but never spit in their drink. I think that's quite powerful, isn't it? Yeah, I think that I is. want that on my grave. Really so. profound. I'm, uh, I'm not fucking serving you. Wow. Good, like that one. I mean, when you put this, when you read it out, I sound, it just sounds like I'm having a very public breakdown. Um, <laughs> got lunged at, got, got him kicked out, got a tickle down below, data entry, just entering data. I think... You can look at all of that and jobs and the notes I've made about most of jobs. You're not really, you know, they're a means to an end. Is yes. That, is that the saying? Yes, look, it is. Look how happy I am in that photograph. Because <laughs> I'm not doing any of those jobs anymore. <laughs> but then it ends with support worker working with the most vulnerable young people and you go, fucking, like, this is powerful. Like, yeah. you're really there. One of the most fucking annoying things I've ever done. <laughs> As CVs go, I come off very well with this one. But, okay. I mean, I, these are all things I have said, so I've only got myself to blame. Well, that is your CV. We can print that off in case I'd you do that. need that for future reference. Please, um, if things go tits up. You, you've, got a comedy, you. you've got a comedy special out at the minute, have you? Yes, I've got a comedy special out. My show, The Optimist, that I was on tour with. The tour is over, but you can see the show. You can watch it for free on YouTube, but it does have adverts. Or you can watch it without the adverts on 800 Pound Gorilla, uh, and it's pay what you want. So, and you can find all the, the links and everything are on, it, on any of my social media. You can find it there if you, if you fancy watching that. Tell us about the, the podcast you do with Kerry Godleman because oh. you, Joe, are a massive fan. Oh. Well, Joe, would you do that podcast? Would you come on? What? Do your podcast? Yes. Would you come on Yay. Memory Lane? 
uh, with the photos and yeah. the, and it, it's brilliant. I love listening to it. I think it's a wonderful concept. Oh, thank and what you. you get out and the people you get on there is brilliant. And I would, would be, I would love to come on your podcast. Yeah, pleasure. no, I would love to come on. I would do that. Yeah, to have you. I'd absolutely love to do that. Um, you've been wonderful tonight. Thank you so thank much you for so coming much on. For having me, it's been a pleasure. Big round of applause for Jeff and Woody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. Hi. What? Did you? What? Did you apologise to her before she left? For my home base decking gag. Fuck me dead. Was it a bad gag or did I deliver it, deliver it badly? I th uh, maybe it's warped for me because you <laughs> briefed me before we went on with, oh, I've got a great home base gag. I went, cool, look forward to that one. I'll respond to it, you know, raw. And then when it came out, I went, fuck, all I want to do is raw. Not with laughter, but just a random noise in order to just cover <laughs> what the fuck you said. It was bonkers. How long did it take you to come up with it? I, I read it for somewhere. It was in Fizz. <laughs> it was in Fizz. You, you have a go at it, see if you can do it better. Okay. Uh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Mark O'Kane. Uh, I like it. Uh, uh, so I went down to my local home no, base. Word of warning. You've got to set it up as a warning. Uh, uh, trigger warning. Not a trigger warning, but... Okay, a word of warning. Yeah. Careful. Next time you go to uh, <laughs> the home base in Norwich... Northwich. Northwich. Doesn't matter which one it is. Okay, next time you go down... Word of warning. Here's a heed. <laughs> heed. Heed my warning, Tom. Thomas, heed my warning. Okay. Next time you go down to your local home base, don't do what I did. You meant to say, what did you do? What did you do, Joe? Well, I went to one of the customer service people saying... You got any decking? No. And they went, bang, and hit me in the nose. No. <laughs> I, I walked into home base the other day. One of the assistants came up to me and said... Did you? Asked me if I wanted decking. Now, luckily, I got the first punch and he went down. You might not be as lucky. I've given it to you flat there so you can deliver it. I want to do this podcast with Jen Brister from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's got better gags. Okay. She was quite punchy in some of her opening exchanges. You liked like swearing, she? didn't you? I could I see did. the happy look on your face when she started swearing. Just gave me a green light that yes. actually I'm not the one that's going to fuck it all up. It was great. And the power of three, which we follow a lot in this podcast, really came to fruition. I think so, Joe. Well, a little reminder that if you enjoyed that, we are going to be live at the Clapham Grand every single month doing exactly what you've just heard. Things people did. We have two great comedians every single night. Insanely, Joe, it's only £15 and 5p. You get two top-notch comedians, you get an interval for drinks, and you get about two and a half hours of entertainment. 15 quid. Where else in Britain are you getting two and a half hours of entertainment and two top-notch comedians, plus a little slice of Joe Marlowe and Tom Fordyce, for £15 and 5p? There is no answer to that question, Joe, because the answer is you're not. So there is an answer. The answer is you're not. So that bit when you said there is no answer and then you gave an answer was really contradictory. The first bit was incorrect. The second bit, then there isn't. Well, isn't I'm apoplectic with happiness. See you next time. Goodbye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.